a voice for many. gentlemen brandy J's podcast a voice to be reckoned with would like to thank you for making the right choice in choosing a podcast that moves a nation and now here she is in five four three two one what's up everybody i'm your host brandy J of a voice to be reckoned with Guys, we've been inside for weeks with the stay inside ordeal and it hasn't been easy for many because with this, some folks have it more tough than others and are in situations where staying home isn't the best idea, but it has to be done. And there's things that are going on that some folks don't even have a clue. I have here today special guest Scott Silverman, crisis coach. And Scott is here talking to me about some of these situations and about the good things, the downside, and just touching bases. Very relatable to very many of us. So I personally think that many will want to hear this. I need to hear this. Scott is so gracious to leave information here for anyone that needs to reach out. So let's give him a mindful ear and let's welcome him back. Scott Silverman, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back with your host, Brandy J, a voice to be reckoned with. Today I have here with me, awesome person. <laughs> Um, he is a crisis coach and CEO, founder, and owner of Confidential Recovery, Mr. Scott Silverman. Hey, Scott. Hey, Brandy. How are you? I am well in yourself. Good, thank you. Happy, uh, what's today? Today's Sunday. I mean, I, it's, it's a miracle sometimes when you remember what day it is with what's going on. Yes, it is. I have been having that problem often. Like, I just, the days are all meshed together. And then I told my son, I said, okay, we're definitely going to have to put a calendar up and make sure that we do not forget <laughs> what day it is because that, that's very normal. Because we're so used to having like a schedule and this day we do that and this day. And now it's just like, we really don't have much of a schedule. I mean, for me, I'm starting to work. Uh, we start a virtual school now on Zoom. So mm -hmm. but that's very brief. They only give you like 30 minutes of class for each like first, um, second and third. So that's like very quick and then it's done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. But, so how, how are you guys adjusting to that? Because that's obviously, you know, you're at home and you, you've got distractions around the house and you're trying to focus and, you know, grab the information that's coming at you. So how's that working out? Well, for me, it was it was, it was weird because, first of all, I kept for, almost forgetting. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to go to work. <laughs> you know, I'd get up. I'm like, okay. So I had to, like, hop on. And then a few times I was a little behind and kind of disturbed the class. but um. It, it it was different, you know. I just uh, I think the timing, the the 
the uh, length of time, you know, cause the teacher, the head teacher of the classroom, it's like she has to like, you know, get in as much as she can. So, you know, kids uh, uh, come in kind of late. I don't think they really, the parents are understand, like, you got to get in here. This is like, I had to call around and say, hey, this is back to regular school. Like, they have, this is not a choice, <laughs> you know? So they're coming in a little late and then some weren't coming. And so, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's better than nothing. You know, but I'm definitely know that we're going to need more than this, way more than this. <laughs> well, I think, you know, what they, that term that everyone's using now, the new normal, I think we're going to evolve into hopefully something that'll be a good, happy medium. But it's it's going to be some real adjustments. Uh, and I can't imagine who this is going to be easy for. I mean, this is something no one's ever experienced. This is something that's overwhelming in many aspects because it's touching so many different parts of our life. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I've literally been at home for nearly five weeks and I think I put 30 miles on my car. And the only reason I put 30 miles on my car is I had to run to the office one morning uh, to just take care of some stuff when nobody else was there. And I've gone to a couple of, you know, supply runs and my daughter's been delivering stuff to us, which is great to have that support. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. It's, uh, it's almost like we're in this, you know, fourth dimension right now. And each day is something that's different for us to uh, have to adjust to. Yes, it is. It's really weird. I was telling my son, we're just like, this is so weird. It's kind of like, not a dream, but it's really trippy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, nothing we, none of us experienced before. So that's, that's something that connects us all over the nation. And, um, you know, we can all say that we have in common <laughs> and share with one another. And I've noticed that too, about people lately, since it's been going on, it's, people have been more uh, empathetic to one another and, uh, you know, and kind of just been as supportive as much as they can. So I have noticed that part. You, you know, and in some ways, you're right, it's, it's really become a neutralizer because it doesn't really matter who you are. It doesn't matter what role you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how independent you are or what part of the community you live in or what your job description is or what your schedule looks like or how important you are. Uh, whether you're a government uh, official or you're working for the county or the city or your individuals or entrepreneurs or professionals, it doesn't matter. This has impacted all of us. It's kind of an interesting, I think, neutralizer because no one is insulated from this. And when you know, you're watching, there's a special this morning I was watching about how we're into people's homes via Zoom where we'd never actually be seeing some of these, you know, hoity-toity, you know, movie stars and musicians. And they were talking about people are making comments about what's in the background of their setting and how normal everyone really is, you know, other than the few people who have, you know, 20 Emmys sitting on a shelf behind them. <laughs> you know, but the point is, this is, it's a, it's a interesting neutralizer. It, it tells us all that, you know, we're just one, uh, a small part of a big thing and we're all in this together and, you know, hopefully we're all going to win it to together in a positive way as well, but it doesn't, this is not a zip code specific issue. This is something that's really impacted the entire community and the world. I mean, that's just amazing when you think about it. I mean, I, I can't go back and I'm, you know, I've been on the planet over three decades and I can't imagine anything I've ever seen quite like this where the whole world is impacted. But anyway, let's, let's get to stuff today that we can hopefully direct towards people who maybe out there suffering a little more than others and maybe be a resource for it. So take it away, Brandy. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, Scott, so I just wanted to uh, check in and ask you, uh, how has it been for you having to help people, you know, from 
from home and with the social distancing, um, obviously that's a big, it's a big difference. And uh, I'm pretty sure some struggles come with it. So how, how has that been looking for you? Well, you know, for, for your listeners that may not know me, I'm Scott H. Silverman. I'm going to give my phone number 619-993-273. And I'm a crisis interventionist and a family navigator and run an outpatient program called Confidential Recovery here in San Diego, outpatient meaning non-residential. And what I've been doing uh, is, you know, like I normally do is just take phone calls and put my <clears throat> name out there and my phone number to encourage people to make phone calls. But what's happened just in the last five weeks the entire recovery community, for example, any, you know, recovery meetings of any kind pretty much have been canceled because they're sitting in common spaces. A lot of them are in the faith-based um, basements, first floors, big halls, and they've all been canceled because of the social distancing that needs to be done. So that's created a real interesting disadvantage, if you will, for people in early recovery who have been told for years, if you really want to get clean, you've got to go to meetings, you've got to be with others, you've got to socialize with them, you've got to hang out for, you know, come early, stay late, go to the meetings, have coffee, and connect. So here they are all of a sudden making the decision months ago to get sober in 2020, and now they can't get to those meetings. So it, the world's changed. I mean, obviously, Zoom and Facebook and FaceTime and, you know, other mechanisms, Skype that people can get online and talk to each other, they've been encouraged to do, and they're doing it. You know, I, I have uh, probably experienced personally in the last five weeks about 30 different meetings, and it's been fascinating because you get to, you can get online, you can talk to people from all over the country. So that's really been a, uh, an awesome opportunity to hear from somebody in Wisconsin or maybe Milwaukee or New York or Boston or Florida or Texas or the Dakotas or the Carolinas about um, what's going on in their world. So we're we're also finding ways to connect and communicate that way. And and I've been a speaker at a couple of meetings and I've got a few meetings I'm coming up and speaking and I get to speak for a few minutes and answer questions. So I think it's really it's an exciting time because there's a level of connectivity, I think, that we've not quite had. And with this disease of addiction, you know, most people, because of the stigma and the disease of denial, they really don't want to go out in public, raise their hand and say, yeah, I have a problem. So I think this, this could be an interesting way to get people involved in recovery. The difficulty is during this period of time, if you're isolating and you're alone, you're probably getting loaded if that's an issue you have. Uh, alcohol sales are up 70%. And the worst enemy for someone new in recovery is isolation and being alone. So it's, it's caused those of us in the field of treatment to change the way we work, telehealth, you know, minimizing contact, obviously. Uh, and it's really hard, though, to reach out to somebody who's under the influence uh, via phone because they can insulate and hide behind it. But once they wake up and they decide they want to jump on a meeting, um, there's a way to, for them to hear about experience strength and hope from others. So that's, you know, that's something that's really changed for me personally. Um, I, I kind of enjoy it because now I can talk to 30, 40 people and I can put my number up in the chat room and so can they, and we can talk to each other. And when you're homebound, like I am, uh, there's 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. So in many ways, I'm getting a lot of things done I wouldn't normally have time for, but there's a lot of things I can't do, obviously, because of what's going on. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's interesting. You see the, uh, the 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 benefits from it, but also you know, not. So, and I think that is pretty cool for someone to be, you know, that really wouldn't want to go, you know, out and you know, in front of a lot of people and say, "Hey, I'm a," you know, if they can just do it this way and get them, you know, involved. So, I think that's, you know, pretty cool too, actually. 
Sure. And, you know, and like you said, we get to talk to people like all. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, also with the, the Zoom format, you can block out your picture so people don't have to see you from a video perspective. So you can actually just sit and listen to meetings, real time meetings. So there is a way. I mean, it's going to take a while for people to kind of hook onto that, and, you know, and, and accept it. But it, it's uh, it's a way of getting into everyone's home now that we couldn't do before or we didn't think about doing before that could actually hopefully create some, you know, interesting opportunities for people who really want to access support and help. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, it's okay. No, no, I totally agree. Because like a lot of things were like entering into my head too with this, this, uh, you know, this new way that we have to, you know, adapt to now, like, maybe like, uh, if someone's in a out and about or in a situation where they can't really pick up a phone or anything, or maybe work or something close to that, you know, and, uh, and they're, you know, you know, needing to, to talk, they can possibly, you know, you know, just another way like Zoom or, or, or you know, like to listen into a, to a meeting or, I mean, I think it just opens up a lot of uh, doors for someone to connect still in a in situation if they're able to. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So that obviously that is a, a concern too. You said being, you know, inside and alone, isolation. Um, as far as that, what is there uh, anything else that you noticed uh I didn't know the alcohol sales had, had rose so high. I, I knew, I didn't really think about it, but I just knew that people would possibly, would be probably drinking more, but it never <laughs> dawned on me that it's that much, that much more, you know? Well, you know, I, I saw an interview with, uh, with I don't know who it was, um, it was a few weeks ago, somebody who actually lived in New York. And, you know, in New York, you, you, you know, a lot of the housing is vertical. And somebody was saying, you know, I'm homebound and, you know, I can look out my window and I can see my, my liquor store across the street down, you know, he's up the eighth floor or something. And he said, the line has been around the block for weeks. Um, so, you know, and I, so I just started doing some research and then, you know, headline came across it's liquor sales are up because they're, you know, most businesses are negatively impacted right now. And even, even bars that serve food who can, you know, deliver food on the curbside for pickup are, um, I, I believe some of them are selling liquor as well, as long as it's, you know, closed up. So it, it it's created a way for people. And look, when you're home all day and you, you normally, you know, drink at happy hour or, or you're, you're consuming or self-medicating, this is a, 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 in some cases a horrible time and it drives people who, you know, may not have the capacity to go, well, you know, I'm going to read a book. No, I don't like the way I feel or I'm detoxing from yesterday or I'm crashing and burning. I mean, I can't even imagine what people who are, uh, well, I can imagine, um, you know, as a prior substance abuser that, you know, people who are active with their uh, consumption of things like Oxycontin and heroin and methamphetamine and marijuana and fentanyl and uh, other medications that make people feel differently, self-medicating. I mean, right now, you know, you can't be out in the streets. And if you are, you're, you're a glaring target for whatever, and you're easily spotted. And, you know, law enforcement stopping people, if they don't think you're on your way to work or doing something uh, that's essential, they're stopping you and they have the right to do it, they say, based on what the governor is saying and the mayor is doing, to ask you what's going on. So, and crime is way down, which is interesting um, because yeah. – uh, 
that nobody's at work, businesses aren't open, and you know people are hunkering down at home, so you don't see the home invasions. So it's an interesting time. So we're all kind of like in this, you know, suspended animation. But there are a lot of people that, you know, are, are not doing well at home and they are anesthetizing themselves. That's the way I like to call it. So, you know, but those are just, that's a side effect, obviously, of what's going on. But in the meantime, there's also, like I said, meetings going on. I'm available to talk to people seven days a week. I know I'm on different Zoom meetings with professionals around town. They're all doing telehealth if they're not seeing clients. And telehealth is simply talking on the phone, doing a Zoom clinician uh, contact. Uh, with doctors and, and you know, tr treatment centers are unfortunately not doing real well right now. Some are, but most aren't across the country from what I'm hearing because people aren't getting on planes and flying across the country to go into treatment right now because of all the different restrictions. So, and, and my biggest concern around all of this, Brandy, is we're going to see as the doors start to open and we come back out around, there's going to be a huge need and demand for what's going on. And, you know, and something we haven't talked about yet, but I know is a side effect of all this is, you know, domestic violence. There are people that are, you know, sitting in homes and, and they're fighting and, you know, if they're drinking and they're fighting even more, those situations get aggravated and amplified. And, you know, I'm hearing that the phone calls uh, are down and probably simply because uh, you can't make a phone call when, you know, your, your, you know, batterer is sitting right next to you. So it's a very precarious time, an unsafe time for a yeah. lot of people. And there's not much they can really do or they feel even more helpless. I know that the protectors are out there and I've heard that, you know, I know our district attorney's a big advocate for that as well. And my daughter's a family law attorney and, you know, she's willing to help and do what can be done. But it's, uh, again, these are circumstances because of what's going on that um, have created some unfortunate barriers for uh, a lot of different people, especially those who've already, already were suffering. Yeah, it's pretty scary because, you know, the longer this goes on and then, you know, you said when you add the alcohol and then just the, the daily 24 hours a day, you know what I mean? That could become intense and, and it could, you know, who knows where it could go. It could, well, we know where it could possibly go, which a lot of times it ends in someone, you know, being killed. No, and it's, it's been on the news. It's happened, uh, you know, and look, just, just, my wife and I, I mean, they talk about untreated trauma. We, we've been, you know, in the, in the same rooms now for weeks and that's unusual because we're both, you know, we both work outside of the home. Um, you know, she's a realtor, but she's home when she can be, but it's amazing. You know, you're seeing each other so many different hours, you know, we're kind of getting to know each other again, which is, you know, fun and interesting and sometimes frustrating, but it, it, you know, and everyone's doing that now, but that's, what's kind of interesting. All the families are doing it. So I want to encourage people to take advantage of it. Take the positive side, get a puzzle out, watch mm -hmm. TV. You know, she was, came in this morning. She was watching a, there's a safari that's telecast on, on Instagram live every day. And then the people that are, they run these safaris, they don't have any guests. And so the animals are doing things they wouldn't normally do, and they're capturing it live for an hour or so every day, which is kind of cool. And, you know, you've seen the musicians out there that are doing things and movie stars that are doing stuff from their home and uh, classes that are going on and make this and create that, do something with your garden, exercising, cooking, nutrition, you know, painting a wall, uh, remodeling. So if you take advantage of it, yeah, uh, there's some great things that can happen. I think, um, not to put you on blast, but I think I heard you say, how many, how many more times can I clean the same floor or clean the bathroom or wash the sheets, <laughs> you yeah. know, or clean the refrigerator out? I mean, we pulled stuff out we hadn't seen in quite a while. And 
So, you know, it's, um, it's a great time, you know, to stay on the, uh, you know, upside here. It's a great time to practice self-care, you know, mm-hmm. get up in the morning, do some sit-ups and push-ups. And by the way, I'm, I'm a firm believer in those who can't do can teach. So just because you're hearing it from me doesn't mean I'm necessarily applying it. Because <laughs> <But laughs> I'm one of those people, you know, I'm having, I'm making pizza. I had brownies the other day that we baked the cake and, you know, things we wouldn't normally do because we wouldn't take time to do it. So, you know, go out in the garden, sit out in the backyard you know, plant some stuff. Uh, nurseries are open, I understand. And of course, I'm sure Home Depots are as well. It just, you know, it takes time to get in line, wait in line. But why not? Why not do some stuff that you haven't done in a long time or you've thought about doing and never thought you had the time to do it and take advantage of it? So there can be some great positive yeah. outcomes from all of this, you know, if you think about it. So, I mean, our dogs don't even yeah. understand why we're not leaving the house. I mean, they're looking at us funny. <laughs> Aren't you going away? We have things to do while you're gone. So, it's, uh, you know, if you take the high road on this thing, there's a lot of great stuff that you can do. Yeah, very, very, very true. Actually, my, you know, my son, he, uh, this is his third try. He's been um, trying to uh, grow a plant. Uh, and we actually got ours from the Walgreens. It's a plant kit, growing kit. And mm-hmm. so this last two seemed to be successful. He was kind of heartbroken for the, the first one. He's excited when I got him a plant. He's like, I'm going to take care of this plant and, and do this, do that. And he was on it, but it just wasn't working out. And we weren't really take. We were taking it outside, but it was just like, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't work out. So you know, I surprised him and gotten some some more. And so these ones, I said, let's just go ahead and leave these outside. You know, because we have a nice little garden area where nobody really messes with it, and and it's been working so far. So he's we've been you know doing s- stuff like that, and um, you know, and I I also I feel like too that. There's always those things that we said that we were. And then this is that time where like, if you ever wanted to, you know, have like these hobbies you wanted to do, write or, you know what I mean? To, you know, draw or something like that. Like this is that time, you know, where, you know, where you can do those things. And if you have kids, you know what I mean? They, they have great, if you're a creative, imaginative person, then, you know, kids love that stuff. Cause I know I'm great at that with kids. And, you know, you just, you can make, turn anything into, you could, turn something that's a chore into a good time. <laughs> so, you know, you can trick kids into thinking they're not learning, but they are. And, you know, I did a show where I was that you can have kids do, but they're actually learning at the same time, you know? So they'll still be getting that, you know, education and all this time that's being passed. There's so much that we could teach our children instead of just the, the common core stuff that they send home or from school. You know, we could take them back to old school, you know, teach them how to be independent. Because, I mean, look what's going on. You know what I mean? Stuff that's self-sufficient, you know, because kids, they're kind of a, they think everything is on the phone. <laughs> and, and, and another thing, Scott, that, that I noticed and that I, I brought to, wanted to bring to light for a lot of people is that kids are online more often now because they're in school, you know, online. And I know bullying was always, you know, that my my area where I just uh you know seen so much that was not being looked at and now you know the cyberbullying that was like really high up there that's even more uh you know it's like yeah. more of a like a danger zone there that so parents just to be more aware of because there's no you know what I mean you don't really see it you have to like be aware and pay attention to that even more so so and, and, and I, think- I, I kind of you know I was going to say, think about the time too you have with your child and your family where, you know, you're not rushing to work or you don't have to go here because you can't. 
and you're you're kind of if you will stuck with each other to be able to talk about things and experience things and share things and listen in a way that you probably haven't you know done in a long long time if ever because think about this look yeah. at the boundaries we have in some ways but on the other side you look at the positive side of it look at the time you have together if you're taking advantage of it i mean <clears throat> we don't have children at home but we're facetiming every day um, and we have family Zoom meetings with other parts of the family. And, you know, we actually, you know, we had Passover last week. I know people celebrated Easter. You know, we actually sat for three hours while we we're having dinner. It was, uh, it was weird and it was funny, but it was nice. It, it, it gave us a chance to at least catch up and, you know, watch how people chew with their mouth open and, and <laughs> drop mm-hmm. things and how they cooked and talked about recipes and how grateful we were for, the, for we could actually do that. So, you know, we're doing that with our children and our family, and, and I hope, you know, all of your listeners are as well. It's a, it's a unique time. You know, one of the things I've always talked about is the only thing that I know I can control is my attitude. So when I wake up in the morning, if I'm, if I'm thinking about how bad things are, things will be bad. If I'm thinking about how good things are, um, they're going to be good. And if I'm not sure how to think about them, I'd rather lean towards the, you know, the high road. I'd rather say, you know what, today's going to be a great day. Yeah, it's a little rainy. Okay. So I'll watch some more Netflix. You know, I'll watch a new series. I'll, I'll binge watch something or I'll, my wife will do a puzzle or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll clean my office a little bit or I'll make some notes or I'll delete some old emails or, you know, I'll think about, you know, things I haven't done in a while and, uh, you know, reach out to some old friends and say hello. And uh, I got that. It was an article in the paper a couple of weeks ago, and I heard from some people I haven't spoken to since high school. So that was kind of cool. And we kind of ca- caught up and, you know, one of them called, can I borrow 20 bucks? It was pretty funny. We were laughing. I said, no, uh, but that was, it, it was a joke. It was a joke. So it's a, it's a great way to connect. You know, it's, um, you know, I, I don't know how to say it differently. It's just, it's a unique time and you can either take advantage of it or you can let it impact you in a negative way. And, you know, again, I want to put out my phone number. If somebody wants to talk, 619-993-273. I'm a crisis coach. I'm a family navigator. My passion is to help others. And if I can help you, um, call me or text me, you know, and we'll uh, set up a Zoom meeting or we'll talk on FaceTime or we'll do something that, uh, you know, and what I'm doing, Brandy, you know, through all of this until things get back to a new normal, I'm offering a free 10 minute coaching session. So, you know, normally I charge for what I do, but at this point I'd rather be connecting with people and be a resource. And if you want to hire me as a coach down the road, we'll talk about it. But in the meantime, the call is free. And that is my second favorite F word, as you know, and 619-993-273. And I dare people to call me. I, I, I wish my phone was ringing off the hook. I want to drink from a fire hose because I know if I can be helpful not only is it good for the person I'm talking to, but it's also good for me in my own recovery and my own support of others. So I really encourage people. You know, you're wondering, oh, I don't want to bother. It's not a bother for me. If I don't want to answer the phone, I won't. If it's late at night, I put my phone up. I'll pick it up in the morning, leave me a voicemail. Because you know what? We're not going to be able to do this on our own. And I know when I have my issues, I try to do it on my own, but there's times I need to reach out just like everybody else. And I think it's important to let people know it's okay to do that. And it's helpful for the other person you're talking to as well. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you, you know, putting that out there and letting people know because people aren't too quick to ask myself being one, you know, know how to, or when someone says, do you need like, get dumbfounded like you know I'm not used to someone asking me do I need help and then I'm not you know wanting to really 
you know, it's just hard for some people. It it's very warming and uh, when there's someone saying, hey, it's okay, you know what I mean? And, and kind of like reaching out, reaching hands, putting a hand up, saying, come on. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> so that's all, unless you do that. And I appreciate you for that. Um, so Scott, I know you also have uh, some youth that you have worked with that have uh, families have been struggling with their like maybe their teenagers that have you know had their struggles with addiction. Now run, run, run that by me again one more time. Uh, I was saying that I know that you um, have uh, had uh, youth, you know, like teenagers that you've dealt or you deal or you dealt with that had struggles with uh, addiction. Oh yeah, it's you know, and it's an interesting time for. I missed the key word there, teenager. Yeah, teenagers right now, you know, between uh, vaping, mar- legalized marijuana, um, you know, there's mushrooms back in town and hallucinogens back in middle school. It's really tough for kids because they're, you know, in their mind, from what I've learned, you know, and I'm not a teenager now, but I was, and and uh, I used to be an unlicensed pharmacist and a major drug seeker, so. I kind of get the compulsive obsessive behavior side of it, but there's a lot of kids today that, you know, are just struggling in general before all this happened. And it's difficult for them to, to raise their hand and ask for help. And when mom and dad intervene, what they're usually doing is, you know, what's wrong with you or why are you doing this? Why can't you talk to me? Why would you do this to yourself? You know, and those are questions that the average person when they've crossed that line, they're not waking up in the morning going, I can't wait to get high today so I can ruin my life. That's not a conscious uh, stream of thought. It's just a, it's a happenstance when someone starts putting mood altering substances in their body. So it's tough for teens, you know, and but they can call me as well if they want and we'll talk and parents can talk, talk with me as well. And what I do with parents a lot is just simply say, look, you were given two ears and one mouth. Sometimes you just need to listen and listen with an open heart. Let your kids talk. Let your kids tell you what's going on. Sometimes just them venting or sharing um, what's going on and not, not the question of why are you doing drugs? Because that generally will get you an answer that will uh, shut you up. I mean, I call it the shut up response. Kids will just like, you know, are you kidding? It's like having that special talk, you know, with your child about the birds and the bees. It's, it's never easy, but when it comes to substance abuse or it comes to mood altering substances or drinking or, you know, taking things, you know, through peer pressure or parties, which, you know, a lot of kids can't go to now. So imagine what's going through their mind. They struggle in their own yeah. way as well. And so I really encourage families to, you know, in, engage in a listening process and get on the phone and talk to some experts, you know, family physician, faith-based leader, and get to the right level of expertise. I like the example of your child broke their arm. You would not go on YouTube and try to reset <laughs> it. You would go to the emergency room and you'd have a professional Take the x-rays and do what needs to be done to verify what's taking place and then put the appropriate level of care, you know, in place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a strong believer in um, uh, letting, allowing our kids to talk and just, just listen, you know, cause I had to, you know, check myself too, you know, just, you know, for my son's sake. So, I, so that so that he would talk to me, you know, because a lot of times teenagers won't talk to their, you know, parents. And then sometimes it's like we could pop, we could make it hard for them. And so, you know, I had to like make sure that I was being a listener and not always just a talker so that I wouldn't push him away and that he wouldn't want, want to talk to me. We actually had this conversation the other day and I, I let him know. I said, no matter what it is, 
for what it is. I said, you can all, you can come and talk to me and I will listen. So we teach our kids to be, to be independent and to be able to, to, you know, to, to talk and speak, you know, do all these things. And then when we, when it comes to like us, they we're like, oh, you know, we just kind of throw it out the window and what we say is goes. And, and then we have to like really pay close attention to that because then they'll just, they won't talk to us. I mean, I know I wouldn't if somebody just was <laughs> not listening, shut me down all the time. It's not always kids just talking or just to be talking or, or whatever the case may be. Well, and, you know, and I don't think, I think kids are basically, um, you know, we'll, we'll personalize it. When I, when I was confronted as a child, you know, I, I was embarrassed to tell my parents, I, you know, I drank a lot. I was embarrassed. I, I felt shame around it. I didn't, I didn't want them to think that I was losing control. You know, I didn't want my parents to believe that um, I was doing something that was defined as inappropriate in their eyes, if you will. And my, cause in my eyes, it's like, well, everyone else is doing it. I want to do it. So it was embarrassing and not only embarrassing, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, walking in on somebody in the shower, it's just not natural and it's uncomfortable. So, you know, having that kind of conversation with a child is not easy. And sometimes you just have to sit quietly and let them know that, you know, I love you. I care about you and I'm scared. Um, can I better understand? Can you help me? And then be quiet. Don't prod them. Don't push them. You know, don't don't try to ask them to connect the dots. Just listen and know that it probably won't come out the first time, and it may not the second or third, but over time, you know, you can build that opportunity. But it's a tough one. Kids yeah. don't want to tell their parents, and you know, and the reason they don't is they're told by their peers, you know, whatever you do, don't tell your mom and dad you're doing this. We're keeping all the stuff in your garage for God's sakes. We don't want them to find that. Or, you know, if you want to be part of this posse, you better follow the rules. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of peer pressure out there today. And, you know, kids don't normally trust their parents because they're, they're parents. I mean, that's their job and their job is to try to get away with things. And as parents, it's your job to try to catch them. And it just seems, you know, when I say it like that, it sounds funny because that's kind of the rules we have. I mean, I was a drive-by parent, but I was very discreet. My kids didn't know about it until later on in life. And I told them, and, you know, they didn't like it when they heard it, but they realized that I was doing it for the right reasons. And since they never caught me, uh, I kind of got away with it. But all I was doing is just trying to make sure that they were safe and where they were is where they said they're going to be. And that was my own concern because I, I knew what I was like as a kid. So there you have it. You know, that's, uh, that's the story about kids. Hey, you know, I would like to bring something up that we haven't talked about and I actually haven't launched publicly and I'm happy to do it here. If you're okay with it, I want to talk about, uh, I'm not going to let you answer. I'm just going to put it out there. A confidential, <laughs> confidential recovery just got in network with TriWest. TriWest is the administrative insurance arm that provides insurance uh, for um, non-active duty veterans in our community. So confidential recovery starting in May is going to be uh, serving veterans and their families in our community. And we're very, very excited about it. And this is the first time actually I've mentioned it publicly, Brandy. So you're, you're getting it first. And it took me a whole year to work with the process of getting approved. And, you know, we're an outpatient program. It's not that complicated, but you know, the VA is busy and, you know, we want to, we want veterans to know in our community that, you know, if you're, non-active duty, meaning you've left the military and where you're having an issue with substance abuse or behavioral health issues, depression, anxiety that's driven by substance abuse or PTSD, we want you to, uh, to call us or at Confidential Recovery. And I'm going to give that number as well. It's uh, area code 619-452-1200. 
452-1200, confidentialrecovery.com. You can look at it online. So, you know, it's, again, it's been a year in the process, and we just got the contract literally three weeks ago, signed, ready to go. Even though we were approved, listen, even though we were approved back in December, it took the VA, you know, through TriWest and Blue Shield in California between December and late March to get the contract out. Imagine that. Almost four months to get a piece of wow. paper signed, you know, and we are approved back in December. It's just amazing. You know, it, it's the VA in our country is a wow. 280, is pretty awesome. uh, yeah, $280 billion is what the VA's budget is. It's, I think it's the second highest budget of any operating co- uh, division of our country. And, you know, they, they sure, you know, I don't know if they do a bad job or just aren't effective, but they, they sure spend a lot of money and veterans just don't get the kind of quality and care. And I'm not, making my own personal opinion it's oh, anyway so you know again we're, you know confidential recovery is going to be serving veterans we're very excited about it and um you know we want people to call us starting in may and we'll start setting up appointments and doing intakes and assessments and get you cleared and approved and if, you know anybody in your family suffering from substance abuse or drinking or any other addiction that's approved by tri west we'll do what we can to provide the clinical support that you need and you don't have to wait in a long line when you come to us and, uh, you know, we're right off of Miramar road in the middle of the community. So we want to make it easy for people. So we're very excited about helping veterans and their families. That's awesome. That is so awesome because I am such a supporter of veterans and them getting what they need. And I get really upset when I, I see them not getting, <laughs> you know, having a rough time getting what they need because I feel like hey you served the country <laughs> you know so I, I, I mean I don't know if many feel that I know many do but it just it bothers me yeah and, and I think everybody supports wanting to help veterans you know and 40 percent of our homeless population in San Diego yes so you know mm-hmm. we're the largest veteran population per capita in the country so yeah. when you think about it I mean we we, we could do, we have a lot of veterans organizations and not a lot of them provide substance abuse treatment because technically the VA has been the one who's been doing it. And, you know, the VA is busy and there's people with, um, and, and the way, what I talk about is, you know, the issue around substance abuse and addiction um, can be treated in an outpatient environment. A lot of things have to be inpatient. So we want people to know that, you know, there are options and opportunities and there is hope and there is help. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, um, my colleague is a veteran and, you, you know, he gets it and we're going to do what we can to connect in the community. And we're not trying to take anything away from the VA. We just, you know, and the VA is huge. We just want to be able to let people know there is an option because some people are not comfortable, you know, walking into that bureaucracy and uh, at confidential recovery. We make it so easy um, that uh, we encourage people to reach out. No, no, there's an option. It sure beats the alternative. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely, um, hands down, because I know I, I know uh, I have a few family members, and then my son's father used to be in the military, and I know that comes with a lot of times with a lot of, you know, which a lot of people don't understand, you know, is you know that's like I don't want to say baggage, but it have been through a lot or seen a lot, you know, and sure. the PTSD I saw firsthand, like wasn't no no joke, you know. And uh, so I very much appreciate that that you do that. And I'm so happy to be the, you know, the first to, you know, so I'm definitely going to hold value to this and um, put all the information also onto a, a website I'm working on and on my Facebook page. So that could, uh, you know, be something that is 
people can see and because you know some people won't say anything until they actually we, we won't, or we won't know anyone won't, nobody will until they actually you come across it and they might know somebody you might be like oh i know somebody who's uh you know dealing with this looking for this so all it takes is word of mouth from one person and then it's, it's just it's awesome that you're doing that well thank you you know and, and, and i'm just i'm just grateful that i can i can do that and i'm uh um, you know, looking forward to just being a resource. And, you know, th- you, you talk about PTSD, there isn't a, whole, a lot of the studies show that a lot of PTSD is aggravated by alcohol or mood altering substances and self-medication. And when you talk to veterans who have, you know, experienced uh, trauma and it goes untreated, uh, it, it organically just, you know, becomes PTSD. And then untreated PTSD in a family the other parts of the family get the same uh, exposure to it. It's almost like the flu. They get, you know, they get PTSD and then it becomes a major issue in the family and contributes to domestic violence and commit, you know, contributes to abuse and contributes to addiction. So there's nothing wrong with getting help for something like that. And, and as you said, people have served our country. Um, not that anybody else is different, but the fact that they're, they're not, they're not able to access the kind of treatment they should and they need and they want and they, they, they're eligible for it. So, you know, we're going to do what we can. And when I get on a campaign, you know me, I'll let people know and I'll make sure that that spotlight hits those of greatest need. And I've always worked with populations that, you know, sometimes are referred to as the community throwaways, but there's no way that a veteran who served, uh, who has an issue, shouldn't have an opportunity to get treatment. And, you know, truly one of the great things I think our current president did was he created what's called the Choice Program. And that was a program that allowed veterans to go outside of the VA system to get help for medical behavioral health support uh, if they wanted to do that. So um, if they don't know it, they should know it. They have that opportunity now, which didn't exist up until two and a half years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, I hope that'll be something that people take advantage of. And I, I like when people take advantage of something like that in a positive way. But yes, yeah, so uh, Scott, I wanted to uh, touch on this before we uh, parted ways. <laughs> I know that, uh, I guess, I don't know if the, you know, like we we're talking about how certain things are quieted down right now because everybody's, you know, you know, tucked away somewhere and not really out and about. But I know that, you know, the thing you were doing, the uh, the safe homes and the, the removal of the, medication properly and then you know that still you know the topic of the opioids and then also uh when i was talking with uh michael um michael glenn where uh he was telling me how uh about the vaping and how that has uh really not been as okay as it was said to be when I, they you know kind of put it out there yeah well, let me let me hit the Safe Home Coalition. Thanks for very much for bringing that up. Safe Home Coalition is a nonprofit that's helping educate families to remove unsafe and unused medication from the home. And uh, makeitasafehome.org is the website. Makeitasafehome.org is uh, our website. So you can look there and you can always call me with the number I've given out and I'll help direct you. It's It's been quiet because right now, you know, obviously it's hard to, to, to get anything done in the community. And because right now, obviously, the priority is the priority, uh, but we'll be back at it, hopefully, um, you know, end of uh, spring, going into summer for the season. And right now, clearly, with everybody at home, um, opioids stuck in medicine cabinets are uh, a big target. So I don't want to promote that because if you hadn't thought about it, I don't want you thinking about it on my watch. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we're we're going to be prepared to ramp that back up and just heighten awareness. You know, when, if you've got 
unused and unsafe medication sitting in your medicine cabinet. And according to science, 60% of the households do. Be very careful with it. Secure it as best you can, just like you would your jewelry or your cash, at least for now, until get things get a little safer. And the um, what was the other, other question that you brought up about uh, that you were talking about? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the mind. vaping. The oh, the vaping. Vaping, you know, it's fascinating. You know, vaping um, is, gosh, I don't know, I forgot that. Vaping is something that was actually created, to, you know, to get, young people off of tobacco. I mean, when they came up with the idea, the concept was pretty solid. And I think, you know, it was a great way to substitute cigarette smoking for vaping. But what's happened with vaping is, you know, with the opportunity now with legalized marijuana and access to free, uh, to legalized marijuana, you can go in and you can get different oils that you can put into vaping pipes. And what happens is marijuana is so much stronger today than it used to be. And then when you're putting it into a vaping pipe, the portal it uses to get, you know, medications or different um, type of flavors into the body through the vaping pipe, it's actually put thousands of people in the hospital because what it's doing to the lungs and people don't know exactly what's happening with it. You know, they said it was a vitamin E thing mixed with different flavors. So vaping's become a real issue. And I don't really like to do things like tell people not to do something. What I ask people to do is just get informed and know that, that you know, because there are vaping stores across the country that sell the apparatuses and the different, you know, um, toxins, if you will, can I call them toxins? Anytime you're breathing something into your body, that's not necessarily a good thing. So just be careful of what you're taking in and know that, you know, because a lot of the, you know, the, the, it was the president last year says, you know, we're going to take everything off the shelf. And then he got a major pushback because the economy uh, of scale with that industry was so huge that his constituents said, no, you can't do that because you'll put these people out of business. So he, he, you know, he walked it back. And, and then, you know, the, the whole concept behind vaping is, as I think, originally started as a good one. And the controls over it, like any other industry, got to the streets and people are making their own concoctions now and they don't have any quality assurance and kids are getting a hold of that. And I think in many ways, that's what's contributing to these major lung problems to the point that there was a kid on TV a couple of months ago that he's 17. He lost both his lungs, and he said, I'll be on 24 medications every day for the rest of my life. 17. I mean, his, his world, as he, as he never knew it yet, was going to be over. So I really caution people just to be informed, be very careful with it, and just know what you're putting in your body. And that goes when you're going to you know, parties and situations or somebody brings something over the house or you know, you're dipping into something. You know, things are cut today. Counterfeit medication is a huge problem. Yeah. And, you know, you can grind and put anything, you know, into some sort of a liquid to put into a pipe, which is technically what a vaping vessel is. So just be careful and yeah. know that, uh, you know, you, you should really be certain. I mean, why would you ever sit at a restaurant and, and if the reputation of the restaurant was that they, they were putting things on the table that they got from third world countries that were known to call, potentially cause food poisoning, would you eat that? No. So my, my point is to simply just be informed, make good, solid, informed decisions before you put things in your body. And, yeah. I, and, I'm, and I'm a guy who loves pizza and pizza is not good for you per se, but you know what? You have to make smart choices and you have to put a balance in life as best you can. Yep. It takes discipline and, and consistency and practice, but it's like have to, if, if you want to live, like basically if you want to have a, a a life, then I guess those are the things you're going to have to do, you know, 
can't do those things and then be like, what happened? What did I do wrong? Right. Well, you, you know, and you don't want to do things that potentially could risk you. There's so many other things you can do. There's millions of things you can do that aren't risky. They're safe and they're good for you. So yeah. if you're going to do something that might be borderline, just really be informed. I mean, I never want to tell somebody don't do something because to me, it's a trigger for go do it. Yeah, so exactly. I just, again, I just say, be informed, make sure what you're doing as best as you possibly can. And if you can't be clear that something you're about to put in your body, don't you know, do you it. don't know where it came from, or you don't know what's in it. Why would you risk your life? That's like Russian roulette. Right? Well, yeah, it's, it's exactly. And if you know, the kids who don't know what Russian roulette is, I don't want to tell them, but you know, it is like Russian roulette. You're taking this a huge risk with an unknown outcome for what reason? It just doesn't make sense when you think about that. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it's, you know, gotten to the streets now. So it's kind of like, ugh, you know, and so like, if you're going to be partaking that you should make sure you get it from, you know, what I mean, where they from the right places where they sell them and you know that they are. Yeah, there's reputable retailers out there that have products that are, you know, quality controlled how they're being made and they're made for that purpose. And it's not a cross purpose. And, you know, I, I think I don't believe that any of those products that are, you know, were started for the right reasons. But, you know, it's interesting when the largest uh, uh, vaping pipe manufacturers, Jewel, I think it is, is uh, run by Philip Morris, which was what one of the largest tobacco companies uh, in the world. So, you know, again, I believe that there are products out there that they're making that they're safe and that we if you're going to do it do it the right way, if you will. Why not? Why would you, why would you want to jeopardize it? Why would you want to put a potential poison? It's like sitting in the garage and doing spray painting and not wearing a respirator or a mask. You run the risk of, you know, potentially, you know, intoxicating yourself or dying or, you know, from the, the fumes or the chemicals. Just be safe. Be informed. Like you said, make smart choices. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. at least or at least informed choices. I mean, sometimes they're not smart, but they're informed. And, <laughs> you know, some people think, well, I am smart. I don't need to think about it. Well, in today's world, if you're putting something in your body <laughs> that you're not supposed to, or you're putting something in your body, people say you shouldn't, just be informed if you're going to do it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you probably will. But I just want you to, you know, I don't want to go to someone's funeral. I'm on this funeral avoidance campaign for 2020. I want to stop going to funerals. It's just too upsetting. Oh, yeah. End this on a positive note and, and stay upbeat and let people know that there is hope and help. And let me give you my number again, Brandy. It's yes. uh, 619-993-2738. 619-993-2738. And I dare people to call or text me. I do. I really dare you. Uh, and when I see an unfamiliar number in my phone, I get excited because what that means is there might be somebody calling that, wouldn't normally make a phone call and that we can work something out to help them move forward. So and Scott H. Silverman, your crisis coach.com reach out for heaven's sakes. We have time. Let's talk to each other. Let's uh, each make a new friend and see how we can be a resource. What do you think, Brandy? I think that's pretty awesome. Um, I love it. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, Ooh, can I do, can I, <laughs> you know, cause we, We've been down that road, you know, and 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 I, and I, I still I still want to um, be a part of, and you know, I was trying to figure out where I fit in, you know, because I was trying, and I was like, I know I definitely have this uh, this love and this this thing with youth, you know what I mean? And I, I said maybe yep. that's just my my area, and I just want to still so so much um, be able to 
to be a part of and be able to help someone, you know, that that's in need and that could get to you. Cause I feel like since I know you and I know you're here that no one has an excuse, especially since I know you that, Hey, you know what I mean? There is somebody <laughs> that can help you to guide you to where you need to go, you know? And I feel like ha having you here on the planet, you know what I mean? It, it, it's such a, a gift you know what I mean? Because you could tell your heart's in it and you're, you're willing and you're like, Here, here's my number, call me anytime, you know, if you like, call me, I, I won't, you know, so that's very awesome. And, and I feel like if I ever had a need or a problem that I know exactly where, where to go and, you know, I don't feel like I would, you know, be alone. So, you know, you know what I mean? What I'm trying to say? No, and, and look, and if you're, if you get good at what you do and you get great at what you do, you're going to put me out of business and what a great honor that would be. <laughs> Meaning if, <laughs> if you work with the kids and they get it uh, and I don't have to deal with adults who are suffering from issues, I think that would be awesome. Put me out of business, Brandy, put me out of business. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, you know, and anything I can do for you, you know, and you know, I'm very responsive and I like to be, and that's kind of how we met, you know, we, you had a need and I had a desire and we connected and, and, you know, I'm finding ways with you and others to, you know, get the word out there that there is hope and there is help and you do have choices. You yeah. do have choices in San Diego. Look, we're a big community, 3.3 million people. So, you know, ask for help. Three hard words. I need help. It's okay though. We're here for you. Yeah. And you'll feel better after you do it. Yep. Always. <laughs> Or at least somebody in your family will. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, most definitely. But yeah, I definitely want to target in those kids because you know they're they're the future, you know. And I, I believe it's up to us to give them a, a platform, a fighting chance to be able to be great, the great people that they are. I agree. Well, I definitely always appreciate. It's been a long time, <laughs> but I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing especially at such a time like this too, because, you know, more people are at home and, and some people are just like, oh my God. So thank you so much for doing this. And I'm definitely excited about uh, putting this out and, um, and uh, just uh, having it available. And you know me, anytime. I'm uh, seven days a week. I do go to bed at night, and I, like I said, I put my phone near the room, but you can reach out to me. And look, if you don't even want to talk to me, and you go, hey, I need a resource, I'll give you a resource. That's okay. If you say, oh, he sounds like he's too old, that's fine, you know, or he doesn't have enough experience, or I'm not a clinician, and I'm not. But I'll make the appropriate referral. I'll send you over to some people. I'll give you a couple of phone numbers or some suggestions, or let's just talk it through. You know, you may just have somebody who's acting stupid. Um, because they got stuck on stupid and it may not be a, a deeply rooted issue. It may just be something we have to talk about. And uh, that's what I like to do. And if I can help, that's even better. Awesome. 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 Well, I appreciate you so much, Scott. And you know, anytime you're, you're welcome on my show and anything you ever need, you know what I mean? To, to, to bring on here or you just help in general. I'm, I'm here. Awesome. And thank you, Brandy, for all the great work that you're doing and putting a platform out there where people can actually, you know, hear and talk about and then information's being shared, you know, with your your foundation and your platform that you're putting together to make it easy for others to access support and help. It's great what you're doing. So thank you very much for all you're doing. Thank you. Well, OK, will you enjoy the rest of your beautiful Sunday? You too. And I will be talking soon. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.